so in 2 Timothy chapter 1. Verses 1 through 7. The Bible says this. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, a beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded is also in you. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Amen. For just a little bit, I want to actually teach this sermon this morning on this title of It's Time to Stir It Up. Look at the person sitting next to you and let them know that it's time to stir it up. It's time to stir it up. Amen. Father, we love you and we appreciate you this morning. We thank you for the reading of your word, Lord. And I pray for every individual that is here in person, Father. And I pray for those that are online listening, Father, that this teaching, Father, would go beyond the walls. That this teaching would be, would go beyond the mountain, would go beyond the circumstance, would go beyond the issues of life. Father, and that a seed would be planted deep down into our hearts this morning. Father God, and that we would stir up the gift that is inside of us this morning, that gift that you have given each and every one of us today so rich and so freely. Father, we thank you and we glorify you. Anoint every heart, anoint every ear, Father. and Anoint my lips of clay that I may teach this lesson the way you have given it to me. Father, and we will glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give God a round of applause. Amen. As we take our seats this morning. Amen. I would like to teach on this topic. Amen. It's time to stir it up. Amen. In this portion of scripture, amen, uh, that we that we read, we find that it's an exhortation, amen, from the Apostle Paul to the young pastor, amen, uh, young Timothy, amen. And in this exhortation, we find the Apostle Paul, amen, writing to Timothy and telling him that it's time to agitate, that it was time to disturb, and that it was time to wake up. 
and to stir up the gift that was inside of him. Amen. The Apostle Paul is, is writing him a letter and is telling him, Timothy, it's time to stir up the gift of the Holy Ghost that is inside of you. Amen. And he wrote this portion of Scripture to Timothy because Timothy was a young pastor and he hadn't been pastoring for many years and uh, he was over a people. Amen. And how many of you have been over some people before in your life? Amen. And you know that it's a, it can be a hard task. It can be a hard thing to do. Uh, amen. Uh, the Bible says that uh, in the church and in society, you got sheep and you got goat. Can you say amen? Uh, and, uh, you know, the goats all the time, they don't want to follow along and they don't want to play by the rules and they don't want to follow policy and they don't want to do certain things. And so if you know what I'm talking about, then you know how Timothy felt as a young pastor in a new church. Uh, amen. And so the the Apostle Paul knew the struggle that he was going through. The Apostle Paul knew, amen, as a, a new pastor and a new believer, amen. Uh, and uh, he writes to him and he tells him, uh, if you want to get through the difficult time that you're going through, if you want to overcome the things that you're going through, then you're going to have to stir up the gift of the Holy Ghost uh, that is inside of you. Can somebody say Amen. When you look at that uh, term to, to stir something up, I mean, uh, it, it means to disturb it. It means to, to agitate it. It means to wake it up from slumber. It needs to, means to wake it up from a, a time of sleep. Amen. And we heard that from the, the pastor that was here with us on Sunday from El Paso. He says, we're living in a time uh, in the church. Amen. Where, where many are slumbering and many are asleep. And he said, wake up. Amen. And when I read this portion of scripture, two things were made evident to you and I in this portion of scripture. And the first thing is this. The first thing is that Paul understood that it, it wasn't enough just to receive it. It wasn't enough just to receive the gift. Amen. He understood that this gift needed to be stirred up and that it needed to stay active. Amen. It needed to be stirred up in his life and it needed to stay active. The second thing that he makes no uh, evident to us. Is that the Apostle Paul understood that not only was it that this gift have to stay active that was given to Timothy, but he also understood that it was Timothy's responsibility to keep the fire alive and burning inside of him. It was Timothy's responsibility to keep the gift stirred up and active in his life. Why? Because Timothy was the keeper of his flame. That flame was not given to nobody else. That flame was not given to somebody. That flame was his flame. And just like God has given each and every one of you here that are full of the power and the glory of the Holy Ghost, he's given you a responsibility to keep that gift agitated. He's given you that responsibility to keep that gift alive. He's given you that responsibility to keep that gift active. Can somebody say amen? Amen. 
And I come to tell somebody today, I come to tell somebody that is willing to hear me that the most important thing that can happen in your life, the most important thing that can happen in your life is to meet the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, I only got one amen on that one. I said the most important thing that can happen in an individual's life is that they surrender and they come to a place where they acknowledge Jesus Christ in their life. Amen. The most important thing that can happen in an individual's life is that your sins be forgiven and that you become a child of God. That you be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb and that your name be written in the book of life. That is the single most important thing in your life, in my life, in my children's life, in my grandchildren's life, and in their grandchildren's life. That is the most important thing. That's what we should be chasing after. That's what we should be walking after. That's what we should be seeking in our lives. Amen. This is the single most important thing that can happen to an individual. You see, I don't care how religious you are. You must be born again. I don't care how well you know your Bible and how many scriptures you have memorized. You must be born again. Amen. It doesn't matter how decent of a person you are or how much money you got in the bank. You still need to be born again. Amen. And so that is the single most important thing in an individual. And I know that this is a, a, a new, not new to, to everybody that's here, but it's new to, to a couple individuals. That the single most important thing that can happen in your life that's watching today is that you surrender to God. And that you be born again. Amen. Jesus Christ told Nicodemus in the book of John chapter 3 and verse 3. He says, unless one is born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. And so you and I, in John chapter 3 and verse 5, he repeated it. He said, unless one is born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Amen. And so the Bible says that you must be born. Somebody say, born again. You must be born again. Born again. Amen. You must identify with his death, his burial, and his resurrection. This is the gospel message. That is the good news. It is that simple, church. 
You know, a lot of times we get caught up and, and I don't know how to witness and I don't know how to, how to talk to people and I don't know how to tell. All you gotta do, he told the disciples, hey, will you witness? What did you witness? You witnessed the death, the burial, and the resurrection. That is the gospel message. What is death? It's repentance. What is burial? It's baptism in Jesus' name. What is resurrection? It's coming up in a new life, born again. Amen. That is the gospel message right there. And so God is desiring that a church would go back to the beginning and stop making it so difficult. Stop making it so technical. Stop being so scientific. Just tell them, hey, I was dead. I was buried and I rose again. Hallelujah. So that you might have salvation and that you might have it in me. Amen. That's the gospel message, Sister Andrea. It's not about this or it's not about that. It's very simple. Hey, did you know that God died and he was buried and he rose again so that you might have salvation in him so that your family might have salvation in him? It's simple. You must be born again. Hallelujah. We got to go back to the basics. We got to go back to the easy things that Jesus, we lose people. We confuse people. Amen. When we try to get all theological and get it simple. Amen. You know, they talk to some people and I scratch my head. Even as a pastor, I'm like, man, you just threw like 40 scriptures at me. Just make it easy. Just tell me that God died and he was buried and he rose for me. Amen. And that I might have salvation. And that is the gospel message. Amen. But once you've been born again, somebody say born again. Once you've been born again, once you've become that new creature in Christ, once old things have passed away and all things have become new, the next most important thing in your life, amen, is that you must be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Oh, I don't know about you, but I get excited when I hear about the Holy Ghost. Amen. Once you've been born again, you got to be baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire from on high. Amen. The Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 3 and verse 11, John the Baptist said this. He says, I baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming, speaking of Jesus Christ, he who is coming after me is mightier than I whose sandals I'm not worthy to even carry. The Bible says he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Amen. That is the second most important thing that must happen in your life is that you must be born again, one, and two, that you receive the power and the glory of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. That is the apostolic doctrine. That's what was left to the apostles uh, to be handed down to you and I. Amen. You see, Jesus believed 
that the baptism of the Holy Ghost was important. That it was so important that he commanded. He didn't ask. He commanded his disciples not to leave Jerusalem until they had received the Holy Ghost and fire. He said, before you do anything, before you go into all nations, teaching and preaching, baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, before you go and do all of those things, baptizing people, teaching people, witnessing to people, he says, I need you since you've been born again. I need you to stay in Jerusalem until you're baptized with the Holy Ghost and you're baptized with fire. Those are the instructions, church. Those are the instructions. It was important. Why was it important? Because the Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 that you shall receive power after. Everybody say after. You receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you know what that word after means? That lets me know that I have no power until I receive the Holy Ghost. That lets me know that I can't accomplish nothing until I got the Holy Ghost. That lets me know that I'm not even strong enough to go into the world and to be a witness and to spread the gospel unless I have the power from on high. That's what that lets me know. That's why it's so important today, church. That we stir up the gift that is within us. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. These are powerful verses. He says, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And then we find in the book of Acts chapter 2 verses 1 through 4. The Bible says that when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire. And one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the this is all Bible church and I thought to myself I don't know if I should preach to them or if I should teach to them but God woke me up and he said the gift of the Holy Ghost needs to be stirred up in somebody's life Because without the gift of the Holy Ghost, you can do nothing. It is that power that is given to us from on high. Amen. Somebody came to me one day and asked me, Pastor, why is the Holy Ghost so important? I'm a strong guy. I'm a confident guy. I can go out and, and talk to people. Somebody, one person even told me, I, even, I got the gift of gab. I could talk to anybody. I could sell ice to an Eskimo. No? Y'all sleeping today, amen. 
But it definitely need to be stirred up. Amen. But you see, the Holy Ghost is important. Because the Holy Ghost is that supernatural power that dwells inside of this vessel. It is that supernatural power. It makes you a superhero in the spiritual realm. It is God's spirit inside of you. And the Bible says that greater things you will do than I have done. Amen. And so this power that we have inside of us uh, called the Holy Ghost is important because the Holy Ghost uh, is the supernatural power of God uh, that infills that human vessel. Amen. The Holy Ghost. Uh, what are the things that it does? Uh, it brings all things to your remembrance. Uh, it causes, amen, uh, the weary to rest. Uh, it teaches you all things. Uh, it gives you power to witness. Uh, amen. The Holy Ghost will resurrect us uh, at the coming of Jesus Christ. Amen. You and I, we need the Holy Ghost in our life to carry on the ministry of Jesus Christ. What is the ministry of Jesus Christ? What did he come to do? He came to seek and to save that which was lost. Church, can I ask you today, are we seeking to save those that are lost? Are we truly seeking to save those that are lost? Are we truly going to our lost family? Are we truly going to our lost co-workers? Are we truly going to a lost world and trying to save them? Are we being a witness? Is the Holy Ghost turned up in your life? Amen. Or does it need to be agitated and, 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 and disturbed? Does it need to be woken up? So that we can walk in the ministry of Jesus Christ. Remember, he came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to establish his kingdom here on earth. And he came to destroy the works of the devil. Amen. And that ministry has not changed. Remember, God said this in the book of Hebrews, chapter 13 and verse 8. It says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday. He's the same today. And he is the same forever. And so his ministry has not changed. People may change. Your environment may change. Laws may change. Situations and people may change around you. But the Bible says that God never changes. And so because God never changes, the ministry has never changed. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. I don't know. Let's give God a round of applause this morning. It's a tough crowd this morning. Amen. Tough crowd. 
Amen. The Bible says this in the book of Proverbs, chapter 23 and verse 23. The Bible says to get the truth and sell it not. How many of you got the truth this morning? As long as you got a Bible in your hand, you got the truth. And the Bible says that once you got that, you know how sometimes we we buy something or we get something and maybe a car and we drive it for a couple years and and we don't want it no more and we sell it to somebody just to get rid of it. God is saying, once you got the truth, don't sell it. Because you know why? There's a bunch of sellouts. There's too many people selling out the things of the Lord. There's too many people selling out. And they're selling out for money. They're selling out for relationships. They're, they're selling out for promotions. And they're, they're selling out for, for possessions and things of the world. And God says, once you got the truth, you got to hold on to it. Uh, you would dear, you got to hold tight. Get it and don't sell it. You need it to make heaven your home. Possessions ain't going to get you there. Money ain't going to get you there. The Bible says uh, that what profit a man if he gained the whole world? And in the end, he loses his soul. He gains the whole world. He gets the job. He gets the house. He gets the promotion. He gets the sister. He gets, she gets the brother. They get everything they want, but then in the end, they lose their soul. I wish somebody would stir up the gift of the Holy Ghost and hold on to the truth, amen, and not sell it, amen. And so, church, it's up to you and it's up to me today. It's up to us. It's up to us to be suited and booted. It's up to us to be baptized to baptize the world with water and to have the Holy Ghost alive and active in our life. Amen. It is our responsibility. Amen. Because if there is one thing that we need in our churches today and in our lives is a fresh anointing of the Holy Ghost and fire. Oh, hallelujah. We need it. A fresh anointing of the Holy Ghost and the fire. Amen. What the church needs today is a Holy Ghost invasion. Amen. We need the Holy Ghost to crash our services. Oh, come on. We need the Holy Ghost to crash our services. Amen. We need a divine interruption of the Holy Ghost. Amen. He could do it here, Brother Oscar. You know how I know he could do it? Because he did it in the upper room. Amen. The Bible says that it came suddenly. It came suddenly and it came supernaturally. Amen. It was undeniable and it was undisputable.
He did it in Acts chapter 4 and verse 31. The Bible says that they went, uh, that when they had been praying, when they had prayed, the Bible says that the place where they were gathered together began to shake and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost uh, and they sp- spoke the word of God with boldness. How is it that he did it in the book of Acts chapter 2 verses 1 through 4 uh, with 120 believers uh, where it was suddenly, amen, and supernaturally. And then in the book of Acts chapter 4, just a few verses over, uh, amen, uh, where they were all together again and they began to pray, the Bible says, uh, that the ground started to shake uh, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. uh, And then we see it again uh, in the book of Acts chapter 10 uh, and verse 44. uh, The Bible says that while people Peter was still speaking the words. The Holy Ghost fell upon all those who heard the word of God. It came suddenly. It came unexpectedly. It came in the middle of the sermon. Amen. The Spirit of God came and filled the entire house. Can I tell somebody today that you don't have to wait for an altar call. You don't have to wait for me to finish my sermon. The Bible says that as he spoke the words, the Holy Ghost fell and interrupted the service. Uh, Hallelujah. You don't have to wait, my friend. They didn't need to be instructed. Uh, They didn't need to to be pushed. Uh, They didn't need to be asked. Uh, They didn't need to be told. Uh, Amen. As the word of God was being preached, uh, they that believed it uh, were filled with the power and the glory of the Holy Ghost. Uh, Oh, hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I need the Holy Ghost uh, alive and active. Uh, It's the Holy Ghost uh, that gives me the power to tread upon serpents. Uh, It's the Holy Ghost uh, that gives me the power to be a witness to this dying world. You need the Holy Ghost in your life. Amen. You don't have to wait for me to finish. Uh, You don't have to wait for me uh, to call the altar call. Uh, You don't have to wait for me uh, to call you up to the front. Uh, The Bible says that Peter, as he was speaking the words, uh, the Holy Ghost fell uh, and everybody began to speak with other tongues. Uh, Can I tell you today uh, that all we got to do is get out of ourselves. Uh, All we got to do is remove ourselves from the situation uh, and say, God, uh, this gift that you give so rich and so freely pour it on me right now as the man of God is speaking hallelujah so that I too can be stirred up on the inside hallelujah we got to stir up the gift of the Holy Ghost in this place amen power how many of you want power want power to overcome. want power to defeat sickness. I want power to overcome my feelings. I need power to overcome my emotions. I got, I need power. I need power. I need power. You see, God says it don't matter that mountain. I got the power to move that mountain. Hallelujah. And it's found in the Holy Ghost. But can I tell you that it's individual? 
Can I tell you today, somebody, that it's individual, we can't say, come on, honey, let's go receive the Holy Ghost. Or come on, sister, let's go receive the Holy Ghost. No, the Bible says that that fire is given individually to every person that is in the room. Just like in the upper room, when you looked around, there was 120 flames all over the place. It wasn't couple with couple or marriage with marriage. It's individual. You've got to wake up your own Holy Ghost. You got to agitate your own Holy Ghost. You got to disturb your own Holy Ghost. Amen. You know, when somebody told me that after I was filled with the Holy Ghost, oh my God, there were times that I would just speak in tongues during this service. There were times I didn't even wait for the sermon to be over, brother. I was already at the altar speaking in tongues. Why? Because it's that supernatural power that God gives you to overcome your flesh. Can I tell you that if we can overcome our flesh... Oh, come on, come on, everybody. Stand with me this morning. Amen. As we close. I feel like somebody this morning is ready to receive the Holy Ghost. Oh, come on, somebody. Can I get a person to agree with me today? Can I get just one person to agree with me? I didn't, my intentions were not to keep you long. My intentions today were to to wake up the Holy Ghost inside of you. uh, To stir it up inside of you. uh, That gift that is inside of you. Amen. You see, I'm not too theological. I'm very simple. I just want to see the Holy Ghost in people. And pastor, why do I keep going back to the world? Because you need the Holy Ghost. Why do I keep doing the things that I do? Because you need the Holy Ghost. You need to be a keeper of your own flame. And God has been just pressing and impressing on me that the church needs to hear more about the Holy Ghost. If we can just have more Holy Ghost in the church, uh, if we can have more Holy Ghost uh, in our in our hearts and in our minds and in our souls, uh, we wouldn't do half the stuff that we do. Uh, we wouldn't say half the things that we say. Because you know what the Holy Ghost fire does? It burns out everything that's impure in your life. It is a fire that rages inside of you. That goes in there and starts to burn up all that sin. And I feel it in my spirit. I feel like God is calling this this young generation of children. People are being baptized now at a young age. And they're being filled with the Holy Ghost at a young age. Why? Because they see that flame that sits on the top of their mama's head. And they see that that flame that sits on the top of their daddy's head. And they say, why am I the only one without a flame? And they chase it. And they want it. Because daddy got a flame, I want a flame. Because mama got a flame, I want a flame. Let's flame, let's be ablaze together.
but your children will not chase after it. They will not seek the things of God if your flame is out. Church, it's time to remove the ash from our life and set a fire. You know what I, I told somebody one day? I says, one day I want the fire department to show up here thinking that the house of God is burning down. See, what's going on? I saw a big old flame on top of the church like it was on fire. That's the Holy Ghost moving inside of this place. But you see, the early church, they took that flame, Brother Greg, everywhere they went. They took that flame everywhere, Brother Albert. They had that flame on the top of their head. They walked into the market with the flame. They walked into their job with the flame. They went into the growth. Wherever they went, people saw the flame. The only way God, the only way people are going to know that you're different is if they feel and see that flame in you. everything in order like it's your order and me and my OCD it just drove me crazy brother Greg and this morning he woke me up and he says there's somebody in the house today that doesn't have the Holy Ghost there are people in the house today that have the Holy Ghost but it hasn't been activated it hasn't been working it hasn't been active the way it should be active and I said okay Lord what do you want me to do he said I want you to call them to the altar did brother Ernest I got this vision in my head that I was going to start laying hands on people 
people were going to receive the Holy Ghost and start falling out. And he said, what I need you to do is I need you to stay behind the pulpit and let me do what I'm going to do. And so I'm going to open up this altar and I'm going to take myself far away from this place and let God do what he needs to do this morning. to this altar this morning. I feel it in my spirit today that somebody needs this gift so badly. Somebody needs this gift so badly. 